So in this episode, we're going to cover how the hothouse Jurassic period gave us the largest animals ever to have walked on Earth. And we're going to talk about how they relate to plate tectonics and the hokey cokey dance. Hello, my name is Richard Treves. This is Hidden Stories of the M4, episode 9. And listen to it on junction 18, north of Bath, going west on the M4. So before we get on to the main topic of today, I'd like to point out that coming west from junction 18, you're starting off on the Oolitic limestone plateau and you're going down a hill along the motorway to mudstone at the bottom, which is softer and which therefore uh, forms lower ground. So we're going to talk about plate tectonics some more. At the start of the Jurassic, all the continents were joined together in a continent called Pangaea, which means all Earth. They split up and drifted apart. And jargon alert, jargon alert, Laurasia was the chunk that moved to the north and Gondwana land was the chunk that moved to the south. So prior to Pangaea, the continents were separate. So they went from separate continents to all joined together and then back to two continents and then lots of continents. So it's kind of like a giant hokey-cokey chorus dance. They go all the way in, they clump all together and then they clump out and separate away again. And the UK in this has moved from the south up towards Pan, where Pangaea formed as part of Pangaea. And then it kind of twisted around and went northward over the equator and up to our current location. So I like to think of it as kind of a dancer in the hokey cokey starts on the south side of a hall and moves upwards in the hokey cokey going oh the hokey cokey and then he's, he's he or she is trying to get to his the drink on the far north side of the hall so he kind of joins in the hokey cokey goes all the way in in Pangaea and then goes all the way out and goes northwards up to get his or her drink so that's the way I like to think of the drift of the UK over geological time. So now let's talk some more about Jurassic dinosaurs and plants. The film Jurassic Park definitely fueled interest in dinosaurs, so they became far more popular with everyone following that, that groundbreaking film. An ex-colleague of mine, David Hone, does a Terrible Lizards podcast, and he points out a number of things that really make him cross about the film. First of all, uh, as an expert... And he says, we don't know if the dinosaurs were intelligent, but we can make a guess that they are because birds, which are a type of dinosaur, are very intelligent. He also says the scene where T-Rex catches up with a driving Jeep is impossible because they think that T-Rex really had a top speed of about 25 miles per hour. Another thing to note is that although it's Jurassic Park, T-Rex wasn't in the Jurassic, it was the end Cretaceous. So there's a number of issues that annoy him as an expert. In the Jurassic, it was warmer with much more carbon dioxide and we had forests at the poles. And then there were these two continents, as I've mentioned, Laurasia and Gondwana land, and there were seas in between. So it also was warm and wet, which was great, of course, for plant growth. But the plants are very different in that period. So we had horsetails, which are like green toilet brushes up to five meters high in the tropics today but at the time of the jurassic they were up to 10 meters tall so that's really tree size there were ferns and monkey puzzle trees which you may know from gardens 
and there was no grass and no flowering plants. So really the plant life was very alien and very different during the Jurassic. So this abundance of plant life led to the evolution of the great plant-eating dinosaurs, the sauropods. Brachiosaurus is a sauropod, as is Diplodocus. And they were common in the late Jurassic, and they were the largest land animals to ever have lived. In length, they were two metres shorter than the motorway from edge of hard shoulder to the edge of hard shoulder. And in fact, Ehrenhot in China is famous for having models of sauropods that are the right size, and they stand either side of the road and they kiss in the middle. And they're as tall as five double-decker buses on top of each other. So these are really awe-inspiringly huge animals. They had long tails and necks, and their legs were very pillar-like, which is similar to elephant legs, if you can imagine that. They had very small heads, and that enabled them to have long necks, because obviously the bigger your head, the more muscles you need to hold up your head, and when you've got a very long neck, it's even more important. Tails in some of the species may have been like whips. The group lasted to the end of the Cretaceous, but with only one species left, and that was the Titanosaurs. So to conclude the Jurassic episodes that we've just been through, just like in the Cretaceous with the chalk landscape, which is very high and open, Jurassic rocks give us a distinct landscape, and that's high limestones and low clays, and hills and vales, that is. The Jurassic also has very distinct buildings. So we have beautiful stone, the limestone in Bath, and then in Swindon, because it's on clay, we have bricks. Deep time, this idea of time being so excessive, we call it deep, produces animals unlike anything we have today. So plesiosaurs are, are nothing like any animal we have today, really. And there's also animals that are strongly like animals we have today. So ichthyosaurs are strongly like dolphins, even though they're completely unconnected in terms of the families and species they belong to. Early fossils of ichthyosaurs were discovered by our episode's hero, Mary Annie. It's also something to point out that life and geology interact in really interesting ways. So plate tectonics produce the conditions for a hot, wet climate. And those abundant plants that then appeared allowed the largest land creatures ever to evolve to appear during the Jurassic period. 